Say this with me. Say, God, I'm listening. I read a story about a couple of hunters out in the woods. One of them falls to the ground. He doesn't seem to be breathing and his eyes are rolled back in his head. The other man starts to panic. Then he pulls out his cell phone and calls 911. He frantically blurts out to the operator, my buddy is dead, what can I do? The operator trying to calm him down says, take it easy, I can help. Just listen to me and follow my instructions. First, let's make sure he's dead. There's a short pause and then the operator hears a loud gunshot. The man comes back on the line and says, okay, now what? Sometimes it's easy to hear the words without listening to the message. Sometimes we hear what we want to hear, but we're not listening to what God is saying. One writer said, most people don't listen with the intent to understand. They listen with the intent to reply. James 1 and 19 says, so then my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak. How often do we hear the Holy Spirit speak to us, but refuse to listen to what he is saying because what he speaks to us forces us out of our comfort zone? There will never be a day and never be a time that what God speaks to us to do will be something that's comfortable because when we become comfortable, we become stagnant. And it's not a place that God can use us in a comfortable place. And as a minister, I'm learning that God did not call us to be comfortable. We're not called to be comfortable Christians. That doesn't mean that God doesn't want us to be at peace and comforted by the Holy Spirit in our trouble. It doesn't mean that God doesn't want us to be blessed and live a joyful life, but he doesn't want us to stay in one place spiritually and never excel. In prayer, I asked the Lord, I said, what do I need to work on this year, God? From last year to this year, what is it that... I need to work on. And I thought, just as a business evaluates the last year's productivity and figures out what needs to be worked on to better excel in the next year, we are to examine our own lives. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, examine yourselves. Whether you be in the faith, prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates? David said in Psalm 139, search me, O God, and know my heart. He said, try me and know my thoughts, and see if there's anything wicked in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Have we grown so accustomed to simply fellowshipping fellowshipping with one another that we've neglected to hear what thus saith the Lord. God wants to reveal his will to us, but are we listening? God wants to reveal what needs to be moved and shifted and changed in our lives. And it seems all too often we're always concerned about our brothers and sisters when we need to be concerned about what's going on inside of us. God wants to speak to and through us. And although we may not understand God's ways completely, it is not his will to leave us in the dark concerning his will on the earth. Jeremiah 33, 1 through 3 
says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah a second time while he was still shut up in the court of the prison, saying this, Thus says the Lord who made it, the Lord who formed it to establish it, the Lord is his name. He said, Call to me. Call to me. The Lord would say that to us tonight. Call unto me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things which you do not know. He said, call to me. If I was to pick up the phone and call someone, the first thing I would wait for before I would start talking is a hello, how, hello, hey. You don't pick the phone up, and as soon as you dial the number, you just start talking. You wait to hear a response. He said, call unto me, and I will answer you, and I will show you great and mighty things that you don't know. But when God speaks to us, are we listening? And then let me ask this question. Have we forgotten what his voice even sounds like? If you have your Bibles, turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3, verses 1 through 10. The Bible says, Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare. And visions were quite uncommon. King James says the word of the Lord was precious in those days, and there was no open vision. One night, Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. The lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Suddenly, the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? He got up and ran to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Go back to bed. Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. So the Lord called a third time. And once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? Then Eli realized it was the Lord who was calling the boy. So he said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if it calls someone again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed and the Lord came and called as before, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. I want us to notice verses one through three. It says, meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare. Visions were quite uncommon. And then it says Eli was almost blind. And I know that's talking physically, but I think that's a very good representation that Eli was going spiritually blind as well because he should have known the first time that Samuel came to him that it was the Spirit of God speaking to him. John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. We ought to know our shepherd's voice. And even when helping someone else, we ought to be able to recognize when there is a calling on someone's life. We ought to be able to recognize when... God is moving upon someone. John 6, through 45 says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets, and they shall all be taught by God. 
Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to me. That tells me God speaks. You may not always hear him with your ears visually, but in this heart of yours, God speaks. And we've got to recognize what it sounds like. You say, well, what does the voice of God sound like? I want you to imagine what your heart felt like the day that you accepted Jesus in your heart. That pulling and that tugging, that acknowledgement that you were a sinner and that, that feeling of needing to repent and ask Jesus to forgive you, that was the voice of God speaking to you. And it is the same voice that speaks to us today. Revelations chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. To the angel or the messenger of the church of Ephesus write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven gold lampstands. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil, and you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and found them liars, and you have persevered and have patience, and have labored for my name's sake, and have not become weary. Nevertheless, he said, you've done some good things. I'll give this to you. I see that you're trying to keep the, the house or, in order, and you're trying to keep wrong out. I'll give you credit for that. He said, nevertheless, I have this against you, that you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen... Repent and do the first works or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. But this you have that you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. And then he says, he who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit says to the churches. He who has an ear, let him hear what the spirit of the Lord would say. Most of the next generation that we see coming up, like Samuel, don't know the voice of God. They can't recognize the voice of God. But God help us not to be like Eli, to become so complacent, so lackadaisical, so just simply too comfortable that we fail to recognize and remember what the voice of the Lord sounds like so that we can teach this next generation what thus saith the Lord. Notice in, in Revelation chapter 2, these three things. Number one, the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the lampstand. He says he walks up and about through the lampstand. That's that representation of fire and light and illumination and the Holy Spirit. Number two, he says to repent or he will remove our lampstand from its place. God can't waste his goods in fact, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20, know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and you're not your own? For you are bought with the price. Therefore, glorify, your God in, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. How do you glorify God in your body? By, by not just hearing, but also listening and obeying to the voice of the Lord. But I'm happy to read this story in spite of the fact that we see that Eli is on the spiritual decline. He's 
blind physically. He's going blind spiritually. And the Bible, even there's a whole nother story at the tail end of this that is another time and another place for another message. But his two sons were committing this awful, ungodly sins in, in the temple. And it was just, it's unbelievable. And you think, you, you, you read the first part of this and it says, it says that the, the lamp of God had not yet gone out. Could very likely mean it was going out. God still will always have a remnant. You got Eli over here with two sons that were committing horrible sins in the temple, not even recognizing the voice of God. The fire's going out on the lampstand, but you got Samuel who's asleep by the ark, who doesn't even know what the voice of God sounds like, but God said, I'm going to use this child. I'm going to use this one because he had been dedicated to the Lord. The Bible says Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. What does that say about Eli, the one who knew the voice of the Lord, the one who knew how to operate under the, under the unction of the Holy Spirit? How is it that we can expect another generation to know how to operate under the unction if we have withheld, if we have quenched the spirit ourselves, if we have heard the spirit of God speak to us, but we haven't listened and we haven't obeyed what God wants from us, whether it be in the service, whether it be moving under the unction in this service, or whether it be just being a light and a witness outside of our comfort zone, out of these four walls whether it be standing up against opposition, no matter what it is. How do we expect another generation to do right if we don't live it ourselves? if we don't show it? But in spite of the fact that Eli was on a decline, God had another plan. Romans 11, 5 says, Even so then at this present time there is a remnant according to the election of grace. It's time we start listening to the voice of truth because if we don't identify the voice of God, let me tell you what will happen. In 1 Timothy 4, 1 and 2, it says, Now the Spirit expressly says that in the latter times some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with the hot iron. I'm here to tell you tonight that there are other voices out there in the world today that are ready to speak lies into our, our lives, our friends' lives, our families, but really more importantly, our children's lives and the, and the kids that we are mentors to. The enemy is ready to speak lives and speak deception into these children's life in this next generation. But we've got to, the Bible talks about how we've got to stir up the gifts inside of us. How do we recognize the voice of God? How do we recognize when God is speaking? I know, I know very well what it feels like to have the Holy Spirit to speak to me, to go do something, even as simple as to go put that guitar down and walk off the stage and go pray for someone you think that sounds, that sounds easy. That shouldn't be hard. That seems like I'm walking from here to Tennessee. Because there's so, you're, the, the enemy wants to mess your mind up. And you know, there's so many times that all people need. It doesn't mean that you've got to come with, 
If God hasn't given you words to speak, it could be just as simple as laying your hands and praying for someone and speaking a scripture that God would give you. And that encouragement could, could change someone from committing suicide. It could change someone from depression. They may be praying for God to speak something to them, and what you have to say is exactly what they need to hear. See, we simplify what God wants to do through us all too often, and we rationalize it, and we listen to the enemy, that deceitful spirit. The, the spirit of God don't want, the enemy don't want the spirit of God operating how it should be. Because if it is, then there would be unity. There would be connection. There wouldn't be strife. There would be no disconnect. We would see a revival in the youth. We would see the saved come home. We've got to not just hear, but we've got to listen to what the word of God says. Whether it's in a message, whether it's in a song, whether it's a personal, whether it's just in your personal prayer time, if God speaks to you and it sounds silly, go to someone that you know is spiritually sound and say, tell me what you think. Am I, of, am I going crazy or did God speak to me? God placed Eli there to be a mentor, but he was slacking. God help us as leaders and, and as Christians and as spirit-filled believers to be in tune with the spirit enough so that we can show, what someone, show someone this is what the voice of the Lord sounds like. Because if we don't get to him, that deceiving spirit that's out there is going to get to him. They don't know it, and we've got to show them. We've got to be like Peter and John in the book of Acts when they passed by the lame man going into the temple, and the man looked up to him and thought they were just going to give him money, and he reached out his hands just for alms, and all of a sudden Peter and John walked up, and the Bible says they, they fixed their eyes on him. And you know what that tells me? That was the voice of God speaking to Peter and John, say, stop right there. I'm fixing to use you. I'm fixing to speak through you. How many times have we got to that point and we said, we've talked ourselves out of it. I can't say that. I can't do that. They're going to think I'm crazy. But no, Peter and John had an experience with the voice of God. And he stopped. The man reached his hand out and he said, Peter said, I silver and gold, I have none. But such as I have, I give unto you in the name of Jesus Christ. You rise up and walk. And guess, guess what happened? He got up and he walked. Lord, God, help us in the day we live in today to not just hear, but listen and obey. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says. God, I challenge us. I challenge us this year. Don't just hear words. Don't just read words. But listen. This is a personal thing. It's not just for preachers. It's not just for ministers. It's not just for teachers. This is for any person that has accepted Jesus in their heart. If you're called, you're called to be saved. You're called to be a witness. And God speaks to ministers and preachers the same way he speaks to a person that just got saved. Now I'll say being spirit-filled is a whole other world. To be able to operate under the unction of the Holy Ghost and to, be, to work in the gifts of prophecy and tongues and interpretation, that's, 
you got to really listen in those times. But it's time that we set ourselves aside. It's time that I'm going to talk to myself because I had to, I have to preach this to myself before I can bring it to you. I've got to lay my agenda aside. I've got to lay my pride aside and say, you know what, God, if you want me to say this or if you want me to do this, I'm going to do it because that is the only path to blessing. If you're going to sign up in this thing we call living for Christ, you got to follow what he says. And if he says to follow his spirit and to be led by him, how do you think Moses felt when he came down off that mountain and he had all these millions of complaining people and he went to God and said, I don't know what I'm going to do. I need to hear your voice, God. I need to hear your voice. I'm going to go crazy. And it was God's voice that spoke to him and gave him instruction. Moses went to God one day and says, I can't take it anymore. I'm going to go crazy. And God said, Moses, all right, I'm going to tell you what you do. You go down, you get 70 choice elders, and I'm going to take of your spirit, and I'm going to put it on them, and that's going to be your help. Sometimes we feel like we're doing this all alone. God wants us as a body. God wants us to, to, uh, to, to, catch, to, to catch the vision of the pastor that God has given him and in unity grow together in that vision for the furthering of his kingdom. Amen. God, help us, Mom, if you would just come. God, help us not to just hear, Lord, but to listen to what thus saith the Lord. Oh, God, that the, that the lamp would not go out because the day that we stop and the day that we become comfortable, the, the Bible talks about later on this chapter how, how uh, his sons, Eli's sons, died because of their sin. And someone came to Eli and he was worried. He was so worried. You know what the funny thing is? And after I read this chapter, Eli was worried about the Ark of the Covenant. He wasn't worried about his boys. All he kept worrying about is he looked out the window and he seen the Ark and, and they brought the Ark in battle thinking that that was going to give them victory and they didn't know that there were some other things that needed to fix before that. And Eli looked out the window thinking, I'm worried about the Ark. Well, here comes this man and tell him, I hate to tell you, but the Ark's gone and your sons are dead. The Bible says that Eli fell off his chair because he was a big man and he died. He was too comfortable hoarding all of that meat from the sacrifices and saving it for himself instead of spreading it out and spreading out the, the word of the Lord. He became too comfortable and too complacent in what God was doing through him and not pouring out into others' lives. God, help us. Help us to never be too comfortable and complacent. Help us, God, to never forget, Lord, what your voice sounds like when you speak to us, God. God, bring us back to that day that you first spoke to us, the day we first believed, God. Remind us what it felt like when we said yes to you, God. Would you stand with me tonight? Lord, we worship you, God, because your word is life. Lord, your voice comforts us, God. Your voice guides us. Lord, your, your voice, like the lampstand, illuminates the way, God. 
And you said you will make a way where there seems to be no way, God. Help us, Lord, to obey your voice, Lord. Help us, Lord, not to quench your spirit, God. Help us not to be some become so comfortable, Lord, that we don't want to step out, God, that we don't want to operate, God. Have your way, Lord, in this place, God. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit of the Lord says. Tonight, if you would, let's just come and pray at the altars. Let's just tell, say, God, I'm listening. Say, God, I'm listening. Let's just pray for a little bit tonight.